Welcome to Sherpa's Talking Shop, brought to you by the folks at Sherpa Marketing. Hello, world, and welcome to another edition of Sherpa's Talking Shop. I'm Stu Moffitt, and I'm hanging out today with my man, Mikey B, as always, and our guest today, Alex Martin. He is the new digital, mar- digital marketing coordinator, geez, I can't even say your role, at uh, Sherpa Marketing. So Alex um, is leading our business intelligence team here at Sherpa. Uh, it's top down here. Marty's always given us uh, a hard time about what is data if it doesn't have insights. And Alex is a very insightful person uh, and a perfect fit uh, to give us those insights with the business intelligence team. Well, thank you, Stuart. What a lovely intro. Absolutely. So, Alex, give the give the people uh, what they want. They want to know a little bit more about yourself. Give me your your top three things that you're into at the moment. What's uh, What's making life worth living for you right now, aside from obviously hanging out here at Sherpa Marketing? Hanging out here, S-Town, as thanks to Stu. Best podcast going right now, amazing storytelling. Other than that, I'm cooking a lot lately in the kitchen. If you have any blog tips, throw them at me, because I find that's the only good way to find recipes nowadays. And enjoying the weather outside running. That's top three, top of my head. Speaking of weather, uh, I was at, I visited Alex's new place and uh, you got one heck of a patio, my friend. Oh, I do. What do you prefer to have on that patio, a coffee or a cocktail? Um, both at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, good Friday, answer. Friday after work. Yeah, good answer. If I want to keep it going late night, I got the Kahlua coffee. But wine, wine mostly. Stay at home, lovely roommate, chat about the podcast, chat about life. It's I, a beautiful place. It really is. And I did like what you said about uh, S-Town. If anyone is uh, interested in a phenomenal podcast, all about just a weird and crazy story, uh, definitely check out S-Town slash anything from uh, NPR. That might not actually be an NPR podcast, but I do know that NPR is somehow involved there. It's produced by This American Life, um, Which is by the NPR, team there. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's phenomenal. I haven't listened to storytelling like that in years. Serial was great and I loved it, but S-Town takes it to a whole new level. The characters are straight out of a novel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fascinating. That is that is true. Less crime, more story. Exactly. But with a little bit of crime to keep things interesting. Yeah. It's the personalities that are driving the narrative. Right on. Other than that, a few other things. Uh, I'm going to say housekeeping items because I, I don't really get to say that too often. Trendset, our event marketing business. Not really going to get into it. I think some of the li- listeners definitely know what it's about. But check out the URL, trendset.social. A lot of cool stuff coming out pretty soon. And lastly, but certainly not leastly, uh, you've been hearing that new intro for the Sherpa's Talking Shop podcast. Shout out to Mikey B, who's your uh, your producer, your your partner yeah, we in got, crime. We got uh, Aaron Trachtenberg, who's a good pal of mine. He uh, fortunately let us use one of his um, beats off of his backstory mixtape. He is a rapper, but first and foremost, he's actually a Rhodes Scholar. He went to Oxford and is a doctor. He's studying medicine, or he's actually, um, yeah, he's a doctor in Calgary. So and I don't know, I don't know, yeah, he's kind of gets his eight mile on on the side, but he <laughs> had a nice like up-tempo beat and we hopped on over all over that with Katie from Design, kind of 
and her hypnotic voice kind of introing us in there too so yeah she uh she does have one heck of a voice uh perfect for the intro and it only took us i think she got it in five takes uh it was hard to get her in the uh, recording studio but uh all it's it hard to was, do it really is yeah and one more thing about one more thing about aaron he's good at rapping because he uses big words Whoa. so like not <laughs> he, he whips out some like something that you have to look up in the dictionary too so check him out if you if you need check him out uh, speaking of checking things out, let's uh, let's get into the value add portion of the uh, podcast here. Topic one: uh, I'm sure all the people out there have been seeing the new ads, whether that's in billboard form, YouTube ad, television ad, wherever. That your dad's favorite beer, Michelob Ultra, is no longer just a beer for the old man on a golf course. It is now a beer fit for someone who lives a very active life and who's very involved in fitness. Now, obviously, uh, that consumer group and trend is booming. Lots of spin studios popping up, lots of boxing gyms. Uh, most people have a gym. It's becoming you know, something that's more part of everyday life. And I think that Michelob Ultra was looking for a new consumer group. Perhaps they found that profits were dropping because they were in that definitely that stuck in that older demographic but man oh man has that been one heck of an integrated campaign uh everything's working together i encourage everyone uh to check out their breathe ad uh which we'll put up on the blog but yeah it's it's the new cool beer for anyone who's active and they've done a phenomenal job about it guys what, what do you got for me on this the first time I looked at it, I obviously there's one thing to connect fitness with beer because I think everyone who works out, everyone who takes fitness or physical activity seriously also likes to have fun. Only a small percentage of people won't. But what they are capitalizing on is the community aspect of it. So they're not just going after the independent sport, but also the team mentality that comes behind it. And that crosses into a whole different market too. So every group of guys who are playing on the hockey team, they're also maybe working out at the same time. And after the end of the game, they're having a beer. So, and you see it in the physical visual elements, the running club, um, the boxing studio, the taps on the back to keep it going. And uh, that's something that I haven't seen done before. So it's one thing to connect with the sport or the enthusiast, but to build a community around it. And speaking of community, Alex, I want your take on this. They've definitely shown, you know how beer ads can focus on usually male? Mm -hmm. They have definitely gone like a 50-50, a gender split, which I think is great because most uh, women that I hang out with, they all drink beer for the most part. So yep. I, I feel like that's a, that's a smart move on their part. And that's the something I noticed while watching. I saw myself in the ad. I saw someone who's active four days a week and who also craves a glass of wine, craves a glass of beer. Like you just said. Yeah, exactly. On the patio. And I got to say, it's about damn time, frankly. I feel like, you know, we talk a lot about beer because, frankly, here at Sherpa, we love beers. But uh, it didn't take a genius to say that you got to do something different. And, you know, everyone could see this culture booming. And I think it was first to get out in front of it and do it. And I think Michelob Ultra were the first to do it in a very noticeable way. Yeah. Like Anheuser-Busch knows what they're doing. That's who pretty much spent, like made the spin off of Michelob Ultra. And they've been, I think they've been doing it for a while. But this campaign is especially like, it's out in front kind of showing activities that are current and popular with people that are doing them. 
I would say like after I'm working out though, like you feel like you earned a beer, you know? <laughs> like you, you just put in like a good workout, you feel like you earned a beer. I'm not reaching for a Michelob though. I'm, I'm reaching for something that I, like tastes good. I don't, I don't, I just earned those calories. I don't, I don't care if I intake more calories. So that's what's interesting is their messaging behind um, the visuals, which are very energetic. It ends with low carb, low calorie. So they are trying to attract someone who's also health conscious in addition to being active. But what's, what's that number look like? Because we can be active, but then I'll have a dark and heavy beer at the same time. Exactly. It's, you're excited to have a beer because you get to have something you like, not mm -hmm. something that you're not playing beer league and then going out for food and uh, beers and having a beet salad, salad, beet salad and a Michelob Ultra. No, although you probably should. Yeah, exactly. But, but what I, I would say, though, is time and place. And I would say, from my experience talking, like, I mean, me playing hockey or ball, I can relate it to this. Most guys prefer not to walk off the basketball court or to go in the locker room after a hockey game and grab an IPA or, uh, you know, a honey nut brown ale. Usually you're going for the Bud Light, the Miller Light, the lighter, more, like, watery beers which I like all beer, frankly, but, and those do have a time and place. I love nothing more than having a, a Bud Light after a hockey game. And that's totally fair. And when we first started talking about this subject, I kept thinking about Tour de France and what they used to do while biking. If you've seen those old school images, which are um, black and white and frankly beautiful, but instead of having water on the sides, the players would be drinking beer from the beginning they started the race to the end of it. To numb the pain, right? To numb the pain, to keep their spirits high and it was such a huge part of sport. And then afterwards I asked one of my friends who's a doctor, are there any benefits of having beer while you're working out? Anything, because not that, not that Michelob Ultra is saying that there are. Frankly, it was an absolute no. But, <laughs> um, so that's the difference in sport. But again, the heavy light thing, I think it's, maybe it's a cultural thing, but it used to be done all the time, so. What I'm gonna do for the, uh, for the Sherpa social account, uh, I'll be doing a half marathon for sure in the fall time again, uh, if not sooner, and I will smash a Michelob Ultra after. Get a picture of that. Okay, and then an IPA. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah, then you gotta support a local brand or something. Yeah, I should, uh, yeah, I should do that. Yeah, Actually, forget the Michelob Ultra. I'll just, I will try to consume a Red Racer IPA right after running a marathon. You know what, not right after. We're gonna have Sherpas at every kilometer mark. So oh, you have God. to down So we're a turning beer. it into beer a mile. beer mile for a half marathon. I like it, and I think I might survive. All righty, good, uh, good talk, team. Let's uh, let's talk about uh, something that's been on Mikey's mind here. Mikey, there was a fascinating topic that you sent my way in the old Slack thread about uh, Spotify. Some real, real interesting stuff. I got a few comments, but why don't you uh, tell the people uh, what's going on? Yeah, so it's a startup out of I think Norway or Sweden, and it's called Soundtrack Your Brand, and it was initially backed by Spotify and threw a bunch of money into it, and it was only launched in Europe, but some big brands kind of got behind it, like McDonald's, Starbucks, and other restaurants in the hospitality and retail industries. And what it is, is that like when you are at a restaurant or in a retail store shopping for clothes, there's always the background music playing, and they aim to elevate that background music and actually give it meaning within your business model. So when you're shopping for whatever you're shopping for, um, the business could actually create a soundtrack on Spotify to influence consumer behavior 
and then measure the results um, on how it made you react. Um, I found it quite fascinating. I think it's like, just because everyone at Sherpa, we're kind of analytics and big data nerds, but you're using the big data from Spotify. So many people are inputting what they like, what's oh, yeah. trendy right now. You're utilizing that information on this business kind of dashboard to create a playlist and then measuring the results and, and kind of tracking ROI from it, which is pretty sweet. You know, I would love to see the big data on like a bar, a country bar where they play Shania Twain. Like, man, I feel like a woman. How much whiskey gets poured when, and tequila when that track goes on? Because I bet you there's a boom. I'm telling you right now. Let's also talk about time frame within Shania Twain playing at a country bar. <laughs> Seven o'clock. Yeah, you'll have a few people ordering drinks. 12.43 a.m. on a Friday night. You'll have shots and you'll have everyone running to the bar in addition to dancing. Yeah, the types of booze. It would be very interesting to see like how the soundtrack would influence yeah, uh, behavior, but it obviously has to work with, you know, like a DJ would, right? Like same, similar genre, but you know, would this be the death of the DJ? Probably not, but it would be insightful. You might, they might be telling the DJ, hey, by the way, this type of music works. Exactly, and what I found interesting, I saw a couple comments related to like, not even just getting users to or people to stay longer. It's like, you've heard of 7-Eleven playing like classical music outside, so people don't loiter play a fast tempo pace so people kind of shop and get out. You don't want them sticking around. For sure. Yeah, yeah, I agree. In addition to there being a value of influencing consumer behavior while in a location that's service using the service, there's also something to be said about the quality of playlists coming from brands and, and that affinity that you'll get. So how many people like love watching TV shows because of the specific soundtrack? You love the actors and you love the show and the cinematography, but then the soundtrack just took it over the edge. Or how many people like specific brands, maybe Nike or Lululemon or an active fitness brand, who are also putting out playlists that are an addition of content marketing that'll help you get through your workout and, and what that does for your brand loyalty. Yeah, it's interesting how music affects the, uh, the television shows too, because I don't think the OC would have been as big of a hit if it wasn't for you know the the track list that they had for that it was phenomenal and same thing uh my girlfriend loves gray's anatomy and the more folk acoustic style music that they have i'm sure in one of the million dramatic scenes that happen each you know episode and season yeah it really pushes uh the television show for sure absolutely and obviously the platform it gives the artists is incredible mm -hmm. um, but the oc is such a good example and then also girls hbo um, you can find their playlist on Spotify, and they've helped a lot of local artists out. I know they're so strategic with who they choose to be in. Don't want to uh, stray away from the uh, core topic here, but I know the OC really pushed the sales of Lacoste polo shirts. <laughs> <laughs> they were probably loving the OC for that one. That was a big favor. Oh, go back and watch the first season and just look at early 2000 fashion and, and roll it's your funny because Seth had it right. Seth had like the good style that people would have right now, for example. So shout out to Seth. I know he's getting bullied a little bit, but he was the one who had it right from day one. Seth's money. He, he shouts out Death Cab for Cutie in one of the early episodes too. Like he just knew. Yeah, Mike's he's just, Death Cab guy. He's just, a new, he's just a cool guy. Right on. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. We here at Chirpa, more so Alex, I think, than anyone else. Uh, deals with Tableau reports, making big data and graphs and, and reading them and providing insights. So 
it's just interesting to take it. It's, it's, I mean, we're all about business intelligence, but just where that's rolling out uh, into. So it is fascinating. Let's get on to the next one here. Augmented reality, always a fun conversation here at Sherpa. And we're always talking social platforms, who likes what, you know, we have a lot of people with varying ages and opinions. And, you know, at our water cooler even, we were debating this. So Alex, um, speaking of augmented reality, Who's winning the race? What are your predictions? Facebook versus Snapchat? What's going on? A lot's going on and there's so much that we could talk about in terms of augmented reality and social, but also with brands and the opportunity for marketing that frankly we haven't seen or been exposed to, but a lot of people have to get their gears turning and wrapping their heads around the ability to market a visual um, experience outside of the store but through a phone, creating that, take, getting rid of that wall. At Facebook's F8 event, which is their conference they have every year for developers, they announced, this was April 18th, they announced that they're gonna have a camera platform and they're the first augmented reality platform and it's all about the camera and it's all about that as a tool. This is something that we saw Snapchat do years ago, maybe officially probably six months ago when they registered themselves as a camera company. So they've been thinking about visual and camera as a medium to for people to consume media for a long time. But now Facebook, they've recognized they were slow to the punch. They definitely dropped the ball on that. But now they're like, okay, well, that's primitive. What Snapchat's doing, they yeah, they have cool filters, but we're gonna match that right now. Yeah. But what are we going what are we doing going forward? So we see they are the big powerhouse and their tech might be better. Um, but one thing that I think Snapchat still has going for them, and I haven't seen their augmented reality as much um, in the last few days, although they did launch a new text um, interactive augmented reality same day of April 18th when they did the F8 Developers Conference. But the debate between public and private, and I think that's where it's going to take users. So Snapchat has become so popular because it's private, and it came out as private, and mm -hmm. it still is private. Facebook became popular for the exact opposite. They went public. At the beginning of Facebook, you could post anything on anyone's wall, and there was no messenger. Everything was public. So I think now it's users, and we're going to be we're going to be the testers. Um, Facebook might have the tech and the opportunity. Snapchat could too. But what do we want, and what age demographic is going to go what way based on this? For me, it's Snapchat because I don't like Facebook personally. That's where I'm at. What about you, Mike? Yeah, for me, it's it's definitely the niche of Snapchat. I always feel like Facebook, it represents a digital me. Like it's someone that is, you log into other websites using it, you are on Instagram, that's part of Facebook. Your mom, your dad, your your yeah. grandparents or whatever it is, they're on Facebook. So like that's a more refined me. And then you have Snapchat me, which is like, yeah, like we're having a... <laughs> we're having, refined me. Yeah, refi yeah, Facebook's a refined me. Snapchat's more like... Yeah, let's the start. real me. Yeah, the real me. Yeah. It's me on the weekends. It's me like cheersing a beer, and it, like yeah, it might not be perfected, but it like has funny stuff that I can share with my friends. Another point, just for the listeners, augmented reality is like ambiguous. It's like this mm -hmm. thing that a lot of people might not know about, but in general, it can be taken a lot of different ways. But in general, it's defined as like a digital world overlaid of like the real world. So I noticed that Samsung was actually just released their S8 phone, I think. Yep. What it did, which is like a simple resource to overlay the digital world into the real world, you have your um, Siri or 
whatever it is, it's the Samsung version, and you could actually hold up your camera to a restaurant or whatever it is, and it tells you information about it on the screen. So like you go around the real world putting your camera on stuff and it tells you about it. There's so many different ways, but between Snapchat and Facebook, I mean. Yeah, and what's interesting, and if you think about augmented reality and what we thought it was going to be two years ago, we had the Snapchat spectacles and we had the Google glasses, which both failed incredibly. And I think that's because a lot of developers and a lot of big companies were pushing too fast and they lost track of user and consumer patterns and behaviors. We aren't going to jump from a phone that we use every single day to glasses on our face to replace the $400 pair of frames we just got. But what we are going to do and what they've realized now is that the camera is the tool for this augmented reality platform. The camera is what we're using every single day. It does show us our digital world, our overlay, which now Facebook has. Swipe left and you have your camera. So that's our tool. That's augmented reality. And so now brands are challenging themselves. How do we see faces and augment a reality filter of the Snapchat puppy dog? But how do we do that with clothing? How do we do that with sports, with a hiking trail, with the Samsung S8 for the restaurant code? What are brands going to do to adapt this reality with a camera because now it's so easy for consumers to understand, oh, okay, it's not a glass, I don't have to put on something, I just have to open my phone. And that's a whole new experience that I could have with a brand. Absolutely. Yeah, and we saw that with uh, hundreds of people at our great park here in Winnipeg for the Pokemon Go augmented reality video. I was just gonna say, I was just gonna bring up Pokemon Go. Yeah, I don't know, I gave that a, a try a few times, didn't really get into it. I'm not going to get into the details of this, but I'm interested uh, to see what happens with the adult entertainment world with augmented reality too, because there's going to be some weird and wild stuff happening. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised though if the culture that we're used to now changes and even like how mainstream that industry is actually going and combining it with technology. We're not going to get into specifics here, but it'll be interesting to see how everything shakes out. It's definitely only going to be more present, Yeah. Uh, but good dialogue there and really like what you had to say, Alex, about jumping right to the glasses. Couldn't agree more. Number it's like one you got to kind of fit the behavior patterns of people as it is currently, right? Yeah, those companies are like 10 steps ahead and they'll like, every once in a while you'll see them like try to make a big jump and yeah. the consumers aren't just, just aren't ready yet. Yeah, don't disrupt me. Just <laughs> kind of ease me in, right? Ease me through. Cool, and with that, let's get into it. The uh, best and worst ads of the week. It's Friday here on the Sherpa's Talking Shop podcast. So we're not doing a worst for this one. We're only doing two best. So I got a couple here queued up for you guys. Uh, the first one hits close to home, Canadian company. And let's, uh, let's get into it here. Mikey, I know you've seen this already. <laughs> so for those of you uh, just listening, this is the Canadian Dairy uh, Farmers of Canada ad. Hey, who wants to grab a cold one? When it's time to have a good time, Nothing refreshes like the easy drinking ice cold taste of a tall glass of milk. Hey boys, it doesn't get any better than this. Where the boys are drinking milks, they're not drinking beers. This is more relevant this week than ever before. Hockey playoffs plus Trump's executive orders. Totally. That's why I was picked. Now, um, let's do a little, uh, little rating here. Kicking it off to my man Mikey. I'm a big fan of this ad. Yeah, no, I... 
I've seen it a million times, but I, like I always stop and watch it. So like it always catches me because it's like so retro, so like kind of in your face and funny. I'd give it a not a five because I don't drink milk, but four almond That's milk right, baby. Yeah. So it's out of five we're ranking. If it was an almond milk commercial, I would give it a five. I think the best part was the face of the athlete as he was sliding across on his side body. And again, the retro feel. And I like that it's not long. I'm going to give it a 4.5. The extra 0.5 because you know when they filmed that, those guys were having a good time. 100%. And they weren't just in the studio. They were on the ice. <laughs> they were having a nice glass of milk. And they went to the bar like that after. They did. And they were not having milks. Questions. When is the last time you guys had a glass of milk like that? Honestly, not since I've moved out of my parents' house. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, other than that, it would be paralyzers and waking up horribly sick the <laughs> next day. Yeah, definitely like high school for me. Yeah. Know. For any young guns uh, listening to the podcast, if your friends think it's a good idea to have a night where you're having paralyzers, <laughs> just opt out of that one. <laughs> you don't want any part of that. This is trouble. So let's let's get away from Canada here. We don't want to be you know just too focused on what we're doing. There was all the stuff going uh, going on with uh, the Jenner ad with Pepsi. Lots of back and forth on that. Then Heineken responded, liked what Heineken did, debated Pepsi. Not going to get into it. But I thought uh, the best ad I've seen that was hitting on kind of society and where things are at was this uh, Danish. Uh, TV station commercial. We'll put this up on the blog and I'll just give you guys a, a quick rundown here. It's easy to put people in boxes. There's us. I did see this one. And there's them. Have you seen this, Mikey? The high earners. No, I have not. And those just getting by. Those we trust. And those we try to avoid. And then suddenly, there's us. We who believe in life after death. We who've seen UFOs. And all of us who love to dance. And then there's us, the lucky ones who've had sex this past week. We who are brokenhearted. We who are madly in love. And each group so clearly identifies. We who feel lonely. Uh, it has like a visual representation that people might often stereotype or judge. We who are bisexual. And we who acknowledge the courage of others. We who have found the meaning of life. And we who have saved lives. And then there's all of us who just love Denmark. I like this though, the one guy gets singled out, but then they rally behind him. So maybe there's more that brings us together than we think. TV2 Denmark. All that we share. That's the gist of it. Mikey, what do you got for the team? Yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed that one. Definitely a conscious ad that uh, wasn't tone deaf like the Pepsi one we watched last week. So uh, I'll give that one a 4.5. That Heineken ad that uh, came out this week, we didn't have a chance to review it, but we'll post that one too. And it, that one's a five. Mikey likes the, the Heineken with the five. The one that looks like it was filmed at uh, District 9. At District 9. I liked this ad, and you, everyone can go look at the, the full version online. Um, I just think it's relevant for everyone. Everyone is guilty of judging for a second and then really thinking about us as humans, not us them. I give it a 5. How do you feel? The reason being is the exercise of actually, like you were commenting, 
segmenting these groups by who they obviously are, just purely based on dress and beliefs and stuff like that. But then as you ask questions and get participation for them to say, you identify with this topic or answer this topic a certain way, you can start seeing similarities and grouping different people together, thus bringing uh, in more cohesiveness, agreement, humanity, uh, harmony. Yeah. So um, shout out to the team that came up with that. And, uh, and with that, that about wraps it up. I am Stu Moffat, at Stu Said It. I'm again with Mikey B. Mikey, I never remember the handle, so. At Who's That Mike B on Twitter. At Who's That Mike B. And Alex, can you please let the people know what your handle is? I'm at Alex Martin 9 same MSN name I had when I was nine years old. Find me there. I don't believe it. I, I believe it was like something, something else, well, something more corny than that. It wasn't. I had a nice brother who set it up for me to avoid the ridicule and humiliation. Not Beauty Queen 19. Yeah, I was going to say that. I think that's Beauty it. Queen 19. You're smiling that's like that's money. the actual name. That's a great name. Anyway, thanks, uh, thanks for tuning in. Trying to get these things out more and more, so, so stay tuned for uh, new episodes. Tweet at us, comment at us, let us know what you want us to be talking about. And Alex is waving at me. Alex, what do you want to tell the people? Check out our new Yeti's Room, Fresh for May, playlist we've actually got on Spotify. So you can find that on our blog and our Facebook page as well. Timely to mention Spotify. Yeah. That's Mikey B's topic there. Mikey, you got anything to add? Nope. Ready to... Uh... Go have a, no, not a Michelob Ultra. Maybe uh, some Barnhammer after work here. Barnhammer, what about a Heineken? I think that ad deserves the drink. Yeah. And we got some Heineken's in the fridge just outside the old studio room. Yes. Yeah, I will have one of those. (laughs) And I'm off to a prospect meeting and we'll be having a beer right after that. Anyway, you enjoy your beers and uh, we'll talk to you on the next episode. Thank you.